Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Why Are People Mean to Each Other? And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello everyone, welcome. My name is Roland and the program is called Shedding Shackles. I've been around for a long time and my message is you got to learn how to cope with stress. Because what you're doing right now is you're reacting to stress and it's causing emotion. You've learned, you've developed a habit of reacting to everything emotionally. And the emotional life, the life of sampling feelings, the life of dipping down into using experience to have feelings and then sampling those feelings, indulging those feelings, wallowing in those feelings. That's the emotional life. It's the life of sin, of using experience to extract energy and feeling from it that that rise up and touch the soul. Even something as simple as a resentment. If you resent someone, what you're doing is you're sampling the feeling of resentment. It rises and you allow it to touch the soul. But then what happens? The resentment gets a grip on your conscious mind, doesn't it? It gets a grip on you. And then before you know it, you keep resenting the person or the memory over and over. And it becomes a slavery. The Messiah told us that all who sin are slaves. Do you understand it now? All who resent are slaves. And slavery takes many, many forms. It's the grip on your mind. It's the memory you can't get rid of. It's the constant state of anger and tension and nervousness. It's the addiction. It's the subservience to. It's the being unable to say no to. It's the being caught up in things. And things capture you and and whisk you away. It's falling into thought and becoming trapped in thought and not being able to get out of it. Do you see all the different forms of slavery? But the first one I want you to look at right now is resentment. I want you to see that resentment is like a little switch. It's where you you want to sample the feeling of hate, a feeling of judgment. You judge another person and then you want to have a feeling so that you, you know, like some people touch something to make sure that, you know, they're awake or that they get comfort out of just touching something. Or the way you, you grip the, the armrests in an airplane when it's taking off. Well, you sample the feeling of resentment because it supports the ego's pride and judgment. And so the resentment gives you a little feeling. But that feeling is sin. We ought not to be using people, using experiences to experience feelings that make the ego feel high and mighty and to give it a sense of power and glory. If you see someone making a mistake, you should just see it and not resent them. 
All right. Now, that with that little prelude, that little introduction to the program, let's take a call. Here comes a call from Greg in San Leandro. I live in San Leandro, in California. And my question is this. Why do people act mean towards other people? Have a good day, and you're doing a good job, Mr. Trujillo. Thanks, Greg. It's good to hear from you. And I'm glad that you're enjoying the program. That's a good question. Why are people mean toward one another? That's a good question. You become aware of it when you're a little child. When you're a little child, you already see people being mean. You go to school and other kids are mean. Sometimes your mom is mean. Sometimes other relatives are mean. Your aunt is mean. The babysitter is mean. You go out in the world and you see people being mean. And then as you get older, you start to see the headlines on television or in a newspaper. People being mean to each other. You, you watch a program like... You remember the program Cops? They used to have a program called Cops where they would they would have cameras on and they would go into situations. How often was it a family? How often was the situation that the law enforcement officers were responding to? How often was it a family? And people were being mean to each other. What is the cause of this meanness? Well, you could say, you could say that meanness is a result of, uh, of a lack of love. That's what it boils down to, a lack of love. If you had love, you wouldn't be mean. Yeah, you might tell somebody the truth, and maybe they wouldn't like hearing the truth, and they would consider it to be mean, even though it really wasn't mean. You were actually, you know, doing them a favor. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. What is the cause of this meanness? The cruelty, the, the nastiness of people to each other, the, the slights, the... Uh, pretending, pretending they didn't hear you when they did, that sort of thing. There's so many forms of meanness, and why are people mean to each other? Well, it's a lack of love. It's a lack of love. And then it's also the fact that it was done to them. See, okay, let's, let's build it up from the, from the ground floor. First of all, we're born as fallen creatures. Now, you remember when you were in school, when you were a little kid, in kindergarten, in first grade, in second grade, in third grade, you remember there was a lot of meanness. There was cruelty, and there were bullies, and there was teasing, and other kids could be very, very mean to each other. And some of the teachers were mean, too. See, some of the coaches were mean. So there was plenty of meanness, you saw it, and you wondered about it. Well... That's the fallen condition. Now, I grew up in a nice place. Back in the 50s and 60s, I was growing up in Utah, a very nice place. And compared to the way things are now, 
It was really nice. But guess what? There was a lot of meanness and cruelty and bullying and teasing going on in the school at that time. It's worse now. But even then, it's always been that way back to the very beginning. Remember in the Garden of Eden, Cain and Abel? Remember one brother killed another brother because he was jealous? So it's always been that way. And on a small scale, you see cruelty, you see tease, you see hurting other people, you see stealing things. Oh, how about stealing? There was a lot of that going on even back then. It's worse now. That's a form of meanness, isn't it, when you take something from somebody? How about throwing stuff out the window of the car? When I drive around now and look, everywhere I see different fast food boxes and cups and bottles and things. People just throw it out the window. Isn't that being mean? It is being mean. So what is this meanness? Well, it's being separated from God. So when we're separated from God, we become thoughtless. We don't have understanding. We don't have love. And then in our fallen, loveless state, without understanding, we pick up programming from the outside. See, humans need some kind of, we need some kind of knowledge, don't we? We need some kind of guidance, don't we? If you're not getting your guidance from good parents and from your conscience, then where are you getting your guidance from, your knowledge from, your instruction from, your programming from? You're getting it from the outside. And what was on the outside in the garden? What was on the outside? It was the serpent. And so on the outside now, that's right, on the outside and inside of other people, there is the serpent, and there you have alternatives. The serpent, the devil, presents alternatives. He has a way of life in mind for you too, doesn't he? And if you do what he says, then you'll have the fallen life. And that way he gains power over you. Do you get it? Christ said, all who sin are slaves. So if you resent you become a slave. If you hate people, if you judge them, you become a slave. If you take something that doesn't belong to you, you become a slave. If you escape from a responsibility by listening to music or watching a, a video, you become a slave. See? If you don't speak up and tell the truth and instead slink off, you become a slave. See? If you look to food and to drink, to come for you instead of God, then you become a slave. If you step away from under, from what you know in your heart, if instead of looking to what you know in your heart for wordless guidance, instead if you look to the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of language, the serpent who speaks to you in your mind and offers all kinds of alternatives, well, if you follow that voice, then you are led toward perdition. So now when you have a bunch of people, lost sheep, without love, without understanding, separated from God, they begin to follow the wrong advice, the wrong spirit, the wrong words, the wrong source, and they don't even realize it.
and they can't realize it because they're separated from the source of understanding. And so programming comes through them from the outside and they start doing bad things. Bad things. Sometimes on an impulse. Sometimes after becoming very angry. And then they go and do something bad. See? And foolish things. Not just mean things, but foolish things. And it's because they don't have understanding. So what does all of this mean for you? It means that there's a lot of confusion out there, a lot of meanness, a lot of error, and a lot of people following the wrong advice. So don't hate them. Number one, don't resent them. Because if you resent them, you fall from a state of grace. Resentment trips the little switch, and it puts you into the same state of mind that they're in. In their lost state where they do mean things and foolish things and are being led in the wrong direction, and they don't even realize it, that's the kind of a state of mind you fall into when you resent. So don't resent. Remain patient. Stand back. Watch. Observe. And you'll be safe. See the meanness. Don't hate the person. Okay. Bear the pain. But don't hate. See what I mean? It's okay to feel the pain. But, but don't, don't hate the person. Feel the pain, but not the hate. You, do you understand? You can't help. If somebody comes up and slaps you on the face, you can't help but feel the pain. But don't resent them. Don't add the pinch of resentment. And then you feel the resentment. Feel the anger. That's the sin. What do they say? Hate the sin, but not the sinner. Do you get it? All right. Shedding Shackles is heard on radio stations in the San Francisco Bay Area, Chico, California, and in the Inland Empire in Southern California. We rely on donations from listeners like you to keep our programming on the air. If Shedding Shackles has helped you, please make a donation so that we can continue helping others. Simply go to SheddingShackles.com and click on Donate. If you have a question you would like Roland to address on the air, give us a call at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Or send Roland an email at roland at sheddingshackles.com. Thanks for listening. But do you see how you're capable of being inconsiderate, for example, when you're all caught up in something? Of course. When you make something too important, when you make getting to the head of the line getting there before everybody else too important, then you rush in front of other people. And isn't that kind of mean? It is, but you don't mean to be mean. Now, some people, probably Greg, you're one of those people, you don't want to be mean. You don't want to be mean to anybody. And you can't understand why people are mean. Well, there's also another factor that I have to mention, that is we're not all the same. We're not all the same. Some of us are destined, have a different destiny than other people. 
Some of us, when we do something mean, we don't feel right about it. We see something wrong with it. We don't want to be that way. We cry out for answers. We cry out to our Creator to save us from our own foolishness and our wrong meanness. But other people enjoy being mean. See, they have a different father. They have a different destiny. We're not all the same, even people in the same family. I've heard this example used. I'll use it again. I didn't make it up. I heard it, but it's good. There's a party. People are standing around with having drinks and hors d'oeuvres. And a lot of people are there. And then on one end of the room, somebody starts talking. And it's Jesus. And then soon, some of the people are gravitating over toward him to hear what he has to say. And at the other end of the room, there's somebody talking, and it's Saddam Hussein. And soon some people are gravitating over there and listening to Saddam Hussein. And they kind of like what he's saying. You see it dividing up. Some people kind of like what Jesus is saying. Some people kind of like what Saddam Hussein is saying. And the one that goes over to Saddam Hussein and kind of likes, likes that, it could be your brother. It could be your mother. It could be your sister in the same family. You understand? So we're not all the same. So just watch, wonder, don't hate people, don't resent them. Go about your life. Endeavor to be aware. Use a little meditation if, if, you, if you care to, to help you to be aware. And uh, life will be good. And you won't be mean. And you'll be a shining light. And maybe some of the mean people will wake up and they'll see their own meanness in the light. And then they'll be better too. talk about uh, divine dependence and I want to begin by reading from my one of my favorite little books called Experiencing God Through Prayer an English translation of Madame Guillon's A Short and Easy Method of Prayer and she says I quote I hope you have understood my emphasis thus far of learning to rely on God for even the slightest spiritual activity. It certainly is not my intention to promote a lazy, dull existence. Our highest form of activity is to press on into a total dependence on the Spirit of God. And then she quotes from Acts, where it says, for in him we live and move and have our being. So, can you understand that any action outside of being in God is a form of ambition? It's a form of ambition. And so, for example, when I put the camera and the microphone on. I have to say what comes to me in the moment. I, I cannot have pre-planned what I'm going to say. Yeah, in this case, I did know I wanted to read a little something from Madame Guillon, but that would simply be like a little, um, a little catalyst to get it started. Do you understand? 
A little something, did you notice I didn't read very much, just a little bit. In fact, I could have stopped after the first sentence. I probably should have. She says, I hope you have understood my emphasis thus far of learning to rely on God for even the slightest spiritual activity. So, when your child is there, or your spouse, or your partner, or anyone really, and they ask you a question, or there's an issue, you should always check with your conscience. Pause for a heartbeat and check with your conscience. And if something comes to you, then that's what you're to say. If nothing comes to you, then there's nothing to say. Do you understand? If it's fresh, if it's spontaneous, and if you're moved by the Spirit. And the way you do that is simply to acknowledge that you don't know. Acknowledge that you don't know, but you want to know the right thing to say or do, but you don't know what it is, and just acknowledge that. And then there's, you feel totally helpless, inadequate, and then something comes. Now, sometimes things resolve themselves. Sometimes you don't, there's nothing, nothing comes to you to do, and then you don't do anything, and you wait. And a week and a month go by, and then all of a sudden the issue resolves itself, or it resolves itself right away. So I'm trying to say you must rely totally upon your Creator for intuitive guidance. And I think, I think that's right. Now, if you have to go get new tires, okay, you can see which which place is recommended by someone, or which one has a good deal on tires. I mean, that's okay. But even there, intuition can come into play. You may go there, and then all of a sudden you notice that they're not totally honest. They say one thing, but give you another. Or they're covering something up, and then you just don't don't go there. Or you have to go to the dentist. Like when I had to go to the dentist, I wait. I waited. It wasn't some emergency thing, but I needed to have some work done. I waited months, and I looked, and I searched a little bit, and I did research, and I talked to people, and I went on the internet, and then I made an appointment with one person, then, no, I don't think so. And then finally, I, f I found, or it was found for me, the right dentist the one who was honest, who had good skill. You see, so it's that way in life. You need to rely upon God for everything, but especially, you know, the important things in life are not where you get your tires. The important thing in life is relating to your child, your partner, your neighbor, your co-worker. Those depend, those see, your parents, those relationships, for them to be right, you must have, you must first rely upon God and look to Him for guidance. Then you'll know the measure of giving and withholding. And what you say will be right. It, so in every little thing, 
I, I said on one on a recent radio show that I made, oh, let me mention, if you want the radio program every week, you know, I think we put it up on the website, um, usually Saturday morning. So every Saturday afternoon, there'll be a new radio program. And the radio programs are very good. I talk about exactly the same thing I'm talking about here. But there's a little music. My son plays the piano. So there's a little music. And it's, not, it's nice. Very nice. So it would be nice for you to, um, to listen. And it, it is on podcast, too. Take advantage of that. And the other thing you should take advantage of is my books. Look, if you can sense when you come to my channel, if you can sense that I'm coming from a good place, then it might be good for you to also get the meditation. Did you know? You may not know. You like Madame Rion. You like uh, talks about finding the presence of God or about serenity or something like that. Did you know that I have a very nice little meditation and, and I know that Madame Grillon would be perfectly fine with it. She would say, yes, that's what, I, that's what I'm also trying to show people. And you have a little meditation that helps them. It's perfect. I wish I had had it, she would say. She would say, I wish I had. I wish this little meditation had come through me. But she probably does something like it. But she just didn't write about it. What is it but sitting still, becoming aware of the moment, getting out of thought, closing your eyes, and looking at the little pixels of light on the inside of your eyelids, being aware of your hands, and communing with the Spirit. A little bit in the morning, noon and evening. See, and then you take that out into the world. And you have a slightly distant feeling. Yeah, you're still a mom or a dad or a student or whatever you are, but just not too close. Not too emotionally involved. Not pulled into things. You see what I mean? So, um, so yes, I want to mention my books are on Amazon. A lot of them. My recent books. Um, can't even think of the name of them. They're so good. And they're available in quality paperback and also Kindle. They're really, really good. You know, you could, just the way I read a little bit of Madame Guillon, you could get one of my books. And in the morning, get a cup of coffee and go sit quietly and read a little bit until something, until you realize something. And then take that with you throughout the day. And it'll lead to more realizations based upon that one. You see what I mean? So you're a little better off. And it becomes a part of your life somehow. It's, uh, it's amazing. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.